All right, here we go. It's Thursday, January 21st. A couple of minutes before 3 o'clock here in uh, podcast studio time. Um, welcome to today's episode of Tarek Chase and the Fam. Um, it's just just Alex today. Hi, dear. Hi. Ashley has some, uh, some stuff. It's amazing. Ever since I said to her, it's like, hey, we're stapled in. Like, put it in the weekly calendar three-ish <laughs> on Thursdays. She's missed out. The, the life of a full-time uh, mom and full-time professional lady in the workplace. Full-time badass. Eh, oh, bet, stop it. I think when she's like wine drunk, there ain't much badass about her. Yes, that's absolutely when she's the most badass. <laughs> she's so fun. Um, let me, let me, we're, we're going to dive into, uh, it's going to be another mental health day and I'm, we're going to try to keep the con- discussion contained. Mm-hmm. This, we're not doing a two hour podcast like the other day. And we, I don't want to repeat stuff because I think a lot of people who get to the podcast, listen more often than not. I think we have very few people, unless people are listening for a specific guest or something who just jump in. So the people that listen, listen every day and I don't want to beat them over the head with the same stuff, but an Ashley thing. Sure. Um, and I've thrown this on the radio a bunch today. Um, she says that there is a Dunkin' Donuts on Reynolds in Maumee. I think it's across from Meyer where Five Guys is. And I can't find anything about it on the internet. On Reynolds in Maumee. Yeah. Where's Five Guys? Uh, well, do you know where the Meyer is? Yes. So I think it's across from there where basically everything is in that part of Maumee. Um, I, I, if, if it must be new, like so new, it's not even open yet. If, if it's there and okay. this guy, and this got here without me knowing I'm going to be really disappointed in myself because all the Dunkin' Donuts that we have, the closest one for me is the one on central. I don't think they're doing indoor dining because I like to sit in the place and have some coffee because it's safe for me because there's nobody else there. Sure. Um, but, uh, I'll be disappointed. Uh, but that, that, uh, that Dunkin' Donuts on central is closed inside. I think. But I'm looking for a new one, and this is a quick drive, so uh, help a Dunkin' Donuts lover out, people. So when I went to when I moved to Toledo from Cleveland, I absolutely loved Dunkin' Donuts. I would get Dunkin' Donuts every day um, on my way to work at the hospital because I had a. I mean, Cleveland's bigger, so you have a longer commute. So um, I would get Dunkin' Donuts every morning, at, like clockwork. I mean, I would be five ten minutes late to work every morning because I stopped to get Dunkin' Donuts because I'm not, I'm not good with time. But um, <laughs> when I moved to Toledo, I was so upset. They only had one Dunkin' Donuts and it was all the way across town and nowhere near. It was on Central. So the one on Central. And there was no reason for me to be in that area at the time. Um, and so I was really disappointed. And now more popping up. It, well, and my job just so happens to be like the next plaza over. So that worked itself out years later. But and now there's one by me on 25. Is that the Perrysburg one? Yes. Yeah, it's like a mega one. I, I never make it down to that one. <laughs> the line is always wrapped around the block, too, like Chick-fil-A. Does it go fast? No. Really? Yeah. That's disappointing. I think the one, the central one, goes pretty quickly, and it is a tight squeeze in that drive through It is. Yeah, you better hope. I don't. So I just choose not to get coffee if my car is going to hang out into the street. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm just not going to get it. It's just like tight corners. Mm-hmm. Some people might see that and go, there's no drive through there. Oh, yes, there is. Mm-hmm. Imagine it this way. It's how your pants have fit since all this started. And I always love to see the nude like dents and stuff when mm. you're in that one to see who, okay, somebody just hit that. Wasn't there last week. Somebody hit the wall. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's disappointing. Um, like, and it's right up the road in Detroit for it being Detroit and Tim Hortons and Starbucks is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Where at least where I live, and you know the area. Uh, I was on the the west side of town, like uh, Farmington Hills and Southfield. There's, yeah, there's Dunkin' Donuts like every hundred feet. And, there sure is. And here it's like you've moved to like a, a small Antarctic country, and there's no Dunkin' Donuts. I always love to have those conversations about what's where and what's not. I was also really sad that there wasn't a Mister Hero here, and then I later found out there was one on Manhattan. <laughs> and I'm okay. like, well, that neighborhood's a little rough, but I certainly trudged it across to across town to get Mister Hero. But now there's two. There's. Three. There's a there's always been one in the mall, and then yeah, one opened up right where we were just talking about. Yeah, same area, and I'm like, this is great. My job is right here. I have a Mr. Hero to my left, a Dunkin' Donuts to my right. Look right. how that worked out. Since we're doing food, let me let me stick with that, and then we'll slide over to uh, the the tragedy from earlier this week. Sure. Um, I can't something in the blade today. Their bill of fare. That's not something that my buddy Mary does. And they just go out and they, they try places. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of this place. It's called Social 103. Uh, it's in Dundee. And it's bar food, but I guess it's mm-hmm. a little bit more unconventional. Um, I didn't scan the menu real hard, uh, but I did see one thing that I would never try, but I love the name. It's called Fun Guy. F-U-N-G-U-Y. Um, it's lots of sautéed onions oh. and mushrooms. I hate okay. mushrooms. Um, but it's called Fun Guy. The, the thing that right. caught, caught my attention was PB&J Tots. Ew. Ew? I, I'm interested. I'm allergic, so I've never had PB&J. But um, it's, I would be, yeah, that sounds interesting, but for me, me. But the Fun Guy stuff, that's clever. I don't like mushrooms either, though, unless you hide them, and I don't know they're there. Yeah, somebody showed me that they went to Big Slice last night, and uh, I was like, mm. why would you ruin that pizza with those those mushrooms on there. Yeah. The, that pizza looked so good when you um, shared mm. Big Slice the other night. I love like thin New York style pizza. And I was like, oh my God, did I can't want, believe I haven't tried that. Did you watch the video of Mary and I? No, I didn't. Okay. Well, you should. Well, you know what? <laughs> I'm an unsupportive don't, friend. Don't, don't do it because I don't watch any of your videos. So. <laughs> um, Sorry. You know, I might be able to pull something off uh, for you because I'm fairly sure that Mo, the owner, lives... Uh, somewhere near you. Because he told me when he goes home, he takes 75 south to like Buck Road. That is relatively close to me. It just depends on what direction from Buck Road he goes. Does he go right or left? I'm to the 75. I'm to the east. left. Yeah, I'm well, east of the highway. You're a lot closer than me asking him to trudge my way. Like I'm yeah. way out of the way. Um, okay, so... um. You can uh, you can take your victory lap, uh, uh, with <laughs> President Biden, pre- President Vice President uh, Harris, uh, because you were um, wondering deeply, or at least saying, and I don't know what you had heard. When, uh, the weird, the week is all weird because of so much yesterday, and then yeah. Monday we were we were off, and Tuesday was the beginning of the week. But you're like, there's mental health issues in player because you said two families were devastated by what happened with the uh, with the killing and shooting of Officer Stalker and then Christopher Harris, who uh, who was shot because of uh, his act. And you were all in on the mental health angle of this. And little did we know, you know, just 24 hours later, his, his mom was talking and pleading, and the mayor even brought something up. Yeah, I just, I mean, I, I had the feeling immediately, like immediately when I watched the original press conference that Chief Crawl did at 845, and they shared that he was the suspect from the vandalism earlier that morning. 
Um, and the vandalism we knew was somebody spray painting the church and lighting it on fire. And I know, obviously, I have a pretty strong background in mental health. And I said, you know, people don't just go around. I mean, I, I guess so. People go around vandalizing things, but not with Jesus is black and then setting a church on fire. For me, that's symbolism um, to somebody having a certain idea of, and this was a Catholic church, so an idea of the Catholic church. And um, just I knew that it was a matter of race when it, when the, the, it was Jesus is black. And I was just really worried you know, about that after I heard it. Let me throw in some early thoughts. And this thing unfolded so quickly. Um, it, I was surprised and I was hopeful. I mean, if you can hope for any good in all of this, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's all bad because you've got two devastated families and, and two dead people. It's awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was hoping for the sake of our community that it wasn't something um, racially motivated racially motivated the other way because that's a pretty that's an urban neighborhood it's a black neighborhood um and i i I was fearful that it was a hateful white person that tagged up this probably black church in a black area and 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 it wasn't that because again it was martin luther king jr day so lots of pride all and, and, and it wasn't that um i didn't dive into the mental health aspect of it but again this thing unfolded so quickly by by the time a lot of people caught up on the story you know, this shootout was taking place six o'clock on Monday night. Sure. What, and there were Monday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monday night. Monday night. There, and there was um, and th- there were more details that were released regarding this gentleman's Facebook page, which he used an alias name. And he had a record. And it, on his record, I think there was another there may have been another arson charge and there was other vandalism. Some property um, disturbances, there was I think prop- they called them. Of his own. Like, you yeah. know, so when he was moving out of an apartment, apparently he spray painted the entire thing it's all behavior it was it it was all too familiar of things that I've seen I have um, interacted with people who are in severe psychotic states of their mental health and are mocking what a demon sounds like and it's always sometimes not always but a lot of it is sometimes tied to religion and so when I saw that I'm like oh my goodness this person might not be well you know at all and then as the I felt so I mean, it, it was hard because I'm a mental health professional, but at the same time, I felt absolutely gutted for the officer's family, just gutted for the officer's family. And then just really uneasy the more I was learning about how many mental health challenges this young man, young man had. It was, I mean, it's, yeah, it was just awful. It's tragedy all around. When I was reading some of the quotes and the stuff from the press conference, I the thing that jumped out to me, and, and I'm glad this is why we do this, because yep. that's to me it wasn't a mental health thing to me uh, until I caught up with everything, and then when I uh, came across the part about he had some pretty erratic Facebook posts. Yes, he um, did. And I can I don't I forget off the top of my head or if there were details at all. I think it was a lot of Jesus's black stuff and it was just very, very erratic and it was right yeah. there for anybody to see. And look, there's a lot of people who put a lot of weird things on Facebook. We're, we're mm-hmm. well aware of that. And mm-hmm. it's hard to tell agitators, idiots from people who are, are suffering from some serious problems. Um, I know I can look back at Facebook posts that I have put up and I can, or blogs that I've typed out and you can absolutely tell when I was, what, what was going on with me and, and if I was mm-hmm. in a troubled state or not. Like, I know mm-hmm. that I can go back and see that stuff. It's obvious to me. And it might not have been to others, but there were a lot of signs here. And mm-hmm. um, I 
greatly appreciated. We talked about this earlier. I greatly appreciated the uh, the mayor. And look, maybe he's got an agenda, but I I actually wanted to reach out to Nick Comives and say, pass my my high praise along to the mayor, who said. Um, He's heartbroken and angry. Something in our system is wrong, and a man whose family is adamant he was suffering from mental illness could legally purchase uh, two handguns. And there's there's HIPAA stuff involved, and I don't want to touch that, but this has always been with me because, you know, I've said nobody should ever let me buy a gun because I could have a bad day, and mm-hmm. that's it. And people could go, well, you could do the same thing with a knife. But as you as you and I know, men often resort to, to, to guns. It's just easy. It's there. It's quick. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 you can't take my right away, as you alluded to in our text earlier, but someone like this to be able to legally buy guns, massive problem. So I, yeah, no, it is a problem. And I don't know if that's something, that's something that has to be, a, that's going to be interesting. It needs to be addressed at the state level compared to the federal level that I know there's always the push for. But even if you, you know, even if there were, the the difficult part for you like let's continue to use you as an example even if you were to um to go in and purchase a gun and there were restrictions in place for people suffering from certain mental health challenges you're really only going to be red flagged in case you have something on your record you know in case if you have something on your actual record because they because you're right hipaa like they won't be able to go in and identify your your medical records or or anything of, of that nature so even if they were to do a more thorough search of um, legally owning firearms, it's not going to produce a result that we would hope to be able to stop things like this I, in my in my mind. But that doesn't mean I think we should stop the conversation. I think we need to have a more um, in-depth and advanced conversation with some sort of solution on how to go about doing that in the best way. Here's my suggestion, because I don't have a solution without taking mm-hmm. away people's rights. And, and this is not even about like, we're coming for your guns. It's not that stuff. It's like, like <laughs> you know how we handle that in this household. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, by the way, Alex and Alex's family has lots of guns. And if Thomas hasn't watched Old Boy now, he's on the clock. Like we got a serious problem. Come on, Thomas. Old Boy. He- he tried. I wouldn't let him because the inauguration. I watched it all day and all, all right. night. You get it. You get a day's grace. We'll come back to that. Um, look, this. You're right because nothing is going to break a HIPAA violation. So here's right. my suggestion. We do know that people, to different degrees, come in and out of of contentment, depression, mm-hmm. mania. Mm-hmm. So now, like, like. I would volunteer, like I would, I would raise a flag or something like how you put on your license, like you're supposed to be wearing um, glasses or something like that. Like mm-hmm. you self-declare, like do not sell, like put me on a list, sure. put me on a list. Do not sell me a weapon. So when you are in that state of mind, that's that content state. That's a good um, idea. You go. You, would you be willing to reach out to some kind of list and go? Please don't sell me a weapon. I I'm afraid when I'm in a in. Um, an erratic, manic, or depressed state, I could do harm to myself or others. I think that that's a nice way to split the baby. I do really like that idea. I think that that could resolve a percentage of what we see from just su- you know suicides by uh, suicide completions by gun and or um, people who have homicidal ideations. That I th- I think that that's a fantastic idea. Um, but the other point that you and I were talking about um, that 
is that I have noticed is I like, you know, we've talked about this before on the podcast. People know when something is happening local in our area and it's reported on, I like to read the comments. I like to mm, gauge. Don't do that. I do. I do. I like to read the comments and it's I, honestly, it served me well. If I, if I'm reading something and it's starting to upset me, then obviously I won't continue to read it, but it served me pretty well. And in, <laughs> in where I gauge where our community is at and what we're thinking and how we're feeling. And um, a lot of the comments that I saw, you know, when the family started coming out and saying he had mental health challenges, naturally people were judgmental and they said, well, you know, hard to believe that family wanted to do anything to help him. Otherwise it wouldn't have gotten to this point. And people were being really judgmental on the family and saying, how could you, you know, how could you just let him have all these challenges? Feeling bad for Christopher Harris and not feeling bad for his mother and his brother and siblings. And, you know, you and I talked about this, and I don't think a lot of people actually know. Again, if you've never... Hold on. Let me, Go I'm going to get us into this. I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, um, there's so much in what you just said. <laughs> Forget about, like, anything about the person. Like, who are you to, to, to know what's going on in someone else's family and why something is oh, or sure. is not happening? So I'm going to say sure. that. But let me do this. I've said this, I think, to you and definitely a couple times in the podcast. To go back to... 2015 or 2016, whenever that guy was running around Cleveland on Facebook Live killing people. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I was texting about it with the morning show uh, on a Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. And my good friend Ajante's like... It was Easter. Was it Easter? It was Easter. Um, my good friend Ajante said, black people don't talk about mental health. And I said, you were going to say that on the air tomorrow and the rest of us are going to shut oh, up. Absolutely. And I go back to that all the time. And with that, now I've set the stage for where you want to go with this. Well, it... it Absolutely. It's, we don't talk about mental health because there's a challenge what our mental health looks like. I always, I mean, I've said it on the podcast. I've said it on the news. When the news interviews me, I say it at work all the time. You have to identify what your mental health looks like. So when you are feeling depressed and anxious and angry or anything, you know, anything under that umbrella, it's going to reflect different. It's going to reflect differently than anyone else. And so uh, what I was getting at is that Christopher Harris, he was still an adult and he was an adult with rights. So even if his family wanted him to seek help and urged him to seek help, they cannot force him. And the police department is not going to touch it either. You know, that would be called pink slipping. So you pink slip someone to to mandate them to a psychiatric hospital or psychiatric treatment. Um, and that's forcing them against their will. That is a m difficult thing to accomplish. My, my apologies for going for going in the wrong direction with that. But I'm no, no, no. I mean, that uh, that was where I was going next. But it's a yeah. really. Di but there's a lot of people that are. Well, why didn't they just make him go? You cannot because right. he's an adult with rights, and it's just too much of a liability. It happens. It happens. But um, if Christopher at the time was not presenting a, an imminent risk to himself or someone else, then no one, you're not going to find any mental health provider or law enforcement that are going to mandate him to a psychiatric hospital. That's the unfortunate circumstance because that means that nobody is being mandated to hospitals or nobody is getting mental health treatment until something horrible has happened. Yeah. And that's why, um, that's why we're here. And that's why mm -hmm. there are, there are two, 
two dead people and two grieving right. families because so, for yeah. a variety of reasons, no one could interject and save save this person who took another life. That's absolutely one of the challenges with our system and that I agree with the critique of we need to we need to improve our mental health care system. Now, the, the other aspect is what I was discussing in that African-American black people like my people, our people. Say it like Jante. Black people don't talk about mental health. We don't talk <laughs> about mental health. We're we're beginning to. I think I think my generation, um, my friend and I talk about this all the time. We talk about where our mental health not knowing we were experiencing mental health challenges when we were younger and that our parents were and they went unaddressed and that we're not going to repeat the cycle. We talk about that all the time. Um, but we don't, you have to identify what that looks like, you know, for different people. So if somebody's extremely anxious, if a black man is extremely anxious, that could come off as anger. You know, it could come off as detachment or disassociating from yourself. So you become cold and numb to normal things that people feel real human emotions from. Um, it could be linked to socioeconomic um, challenges. There's all sorts of things um, that look different for different people in different cultures and different communities. And for um, black people, you know, this young man may have been depicting mental health challenges for a really long time. And if he was not educated enough and his family was not educated enough at no fault of their own, then they're not going to know, you know, that this, that this young man may need help. They're not going to know that this is the kind of help he actually needs. He doesn't need, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example, but you know, he may actually need to go talk to a counselor. I think Eric, if you remember, it was my first talk with this prevention coalition, and we had it at that high school. Where oh, was that? With, uh, Woodward, where the kids were slumped over and didn't give a shit? Exactly. And that was a predominantly black classroom, and those kids, half of them were slumped over, didn't give a shit. The fact that I was a black woman standing in front of them, trying to pull it out of them and say, you guys know what this looks like. We've we know what this looks like in our households and in our families. Let's talk about it. And Let it, me jump it, in real quick if I can, just yeah. to paint another picture. Um, if you think that we have done a good job of, of bringing the dialogue and breaking the stigma uh, of mental health issues, if you think we've done a good job with that, but not in the last five to ten years, but we're still not where we need to be, mm-hmm. well, throw ten years of... Of, of being behind that in, in the black community and other ethnic yep. communities as well. And for me, like, you're right. There's a lot of systemic things. Like, they might not know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will also chalk it up, and you can speak to this. I think that there's a lot of a lot of, uh, a lot lot of of pride that they don't want to oh, go. 100%. You know, I, I'm not, I don't want to go to a doctor. I'll, I'll work on it on my own. Like, just a lot of pride that was, I mean, you can go back how many ever decades you want and how the black culture here in America or all over. Um advanced evolved but there's a lot of pride in not wanting to address that problem there's i guess it's seen as a, as a weakness and it it 100 percent, it, it's seen as a weakness and there's also something in front of it there's one thing in our community that's in front of going to seek help and that's our our religion that's our religious belief yep. of we'll pray about it we'll pray it we'll, away we'll put them on the prayer list on sundays and it's like Thoughts and prayers aren't going to do anything for this person. And I always, I say this all the time when I'm talking to people in my community. I understand that you don't believe in that. I understand that you trust God and you have faith, but you have to trust that God also created people like me and created people like me 
I have a divine and spiritual connection to what I do and why I'm doing what I do. I feel like I'm doing what I have always been meant to. And I was created that way. So you have to understand that these resources have been in place for you the entire time. So you can trust them. Um, but access is also an issue. I mean, we could talk about this all day long. Um, of, you know, it, is it in the healthcare? Does somebody have access? Do we have how many how many black clinicians and therapists do we have in our area? Counselors that are there for adults, not just at the boys and girls clubs for the kids or at the YMCA's for the kids um, that are there for the adults and the families. TPS does a wonderful job of identifying kids in need that need assistance. But what about their parents and their families? Yeah. And, and this is. Not, this is not to beat up on our area. This is no, everywhere. No, no, this, I mean, this, it, yeah. this, cult, this is culture-wide. Like, I, I can't reiterate what Ijante <clears throat> said enough. And you're eloquently um, listing all the reasons and the roadblocks to the black culture diving more into this and, and getting help that, that is out there for them. And I, I want, I'll share some of my professional experiences when I am trying to put the focus on um, the black community people are scared. I mean, we, it, you know, we talk about, there was a news report that was done recently by NAMI and it was wonderful. It was done by the executive director. It was a good news report, but I felt like what was really important is that we were talking about not only mental health, but mental health in the black community. And it makes people uncomfortable to talk about that. I encouraged one of the groups that I work with to have a training for black mental health in the summertime to address the, the social justice and the riots and the need for um, those kinds of services. And the response was, well, let's just let's do just a cultural competency training instead. And I said, absolutely Ugh. not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Not that's checking like, any boxes. That's the equivalent of saying all lives matter when I'm saying black lives matter. We're not talking about everyone else in every other culture. We are talking about the black culture and it deserves its own you know, it deserves its own time to address these these challenges on its own, not including everyone else so that we can say we're inclusive to all cultures. We're talking about black mental health and don't cringe, like just let's have the discussion. Let's not be afraid of it. And there's I think in Lucas County, I participated just recently in um, some strategy and um, the mental health board is working really hard on getting a strategic plan together for the next, I think, 18 months. They're doing a really fantastic job. It's coming. And that I was hopeful and excited when I hate to say that when when I've been watching the press conferences and Chief Crawl and the mayor were talking about mental health challenges, especially in the black community. I'm like, great, we're on it. We've been on it, you know, in, in our county. It's not perfect. And it, it's going to take a lot more time and a lot more work. But we're getting there, you know, and we're having the conversations. Um, but I also agree that, um, you know, a healthy person isn't going to go and kill someone. Nope. But the mentally ill are not all violent and, and are they make up a small percentage of people who commit those violent crimes. I wanted to go with that. That was my next thing because I, I I saw some people. All right, we wrapped the bow tie on the black thing. And I'll say <laughs> we need more people like you to do what I have done at large for you for the black community. So more Alex's to talk about this and, and get those kids at Woodward to sit up straight and pay attention to what's going yeah, on. Really, that's lives. all I wanted. I'm like, y'all, you see it in your house. Tell me what you see. They just didn't want to say anything. Um, so I have seen some other, and I don't come across this often. Um, just like how, when I'm asked, what do you do when somebody says, Oh, it's just, you're just crazy. It's in your head. Get over it. I'm like, thankfully I don't hang with a lot of those people. So I don't come across that a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I also don't come across a whole lot of people who say mentally ill people are all are, are often violent. That's not the case right. at all. Um, right. And it, there's kind of like a weird inversion here. Um, no, they're they're not. And you're 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 right. And we saw that article today that that I, I think it was in the ABC article. Like, there's a very small percentage of people who are doing that. Um, mm-hmm. However, you don't want to like. And again, that's where I wrote myself back into this. You don't want to put weapons in those people's hands. Not that they will be destructive to others, but potentially themselves. Like that's my sure. fear. Like I'm not going to go shoot any place up. But if like for whatever reason. My, I can't get my medication and I spiral and the anxiety begins to, to overwhelm my brain and the depression and the hopelessness and it all returns. You know what? I'm drinking one night, go upstairs, get my gun and you don't pull that bullet out of your brain. Um, not living anyway. So sure. no, not all people are. What, do you, have you ever thought of me as someone with, aside from certain memes, <laughs> as an aggressive, violent person like that? You locked me in your basement and turned the lights off. That's a lie. That <laughs> That's a lie. We can't lock that door. Shut up. Just, only for a second you turned the lights back You're, on. Or maybe it was Floyd. Was it who was it? It, it was, was somebody. It wasn't me. It was your I house. I don't have a lot, but you're right. You were definitely in my basement in the dark and you know, had you stepped in the wrong spot, you were you were you know, a shoelace from never being seen again. But <laughs> here's the reality. No, not mental. Don't believe that mentally unwell people are, are usually violent. In fact, if you come across a mentally unwell person, they're more likely to be victims. Vic, I'm, I'm trying to like get, come up with a metaphor here. If you do encounter like, an unhel- a mentally unwell person, in all mm-hmm. likelihood, what you will come away with from that experience is you will feel um, very sad. Yeah. Maybe their depression will wear off on you and you will have just this somber nature. They're, they're, they're more damaging to your, to your feelings and your own well-being than any kind of physical threat. Like, what's the word right. I'm, I'm thinking of here? Like, their sense of melancholy, like they will send that cloud over you and you might have to shake some of that off, but they're not going to pull out a knife or a gun or anything like that. They, they just might bring you into their depression. It's very like, um, who's the donkey Eeyore. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Speaking of Eeyore, we were talking about him last night. Did you know the man that plays Eeyore also plays Optimus Prime? Yeah. Peter Cullen. I did not know that. And yeah. I couldn't unhear it. Like I couldn't <laughs> at the, after that, after I learned it, I couldn't let it go. Yeah, don't go down the voice actor ramp, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're very likely to just have a very sad, somber yeah. feeling after encountering a, a person like this, or, or maybe confusion because you've never been around someone like this and you have no idea why they're saying the things that they are, thinking the way that they are. It's very, very unlikely that anything violent will happen to you. It's an, it, it, this is an, I'm glad that we're having the conversation. It's an interest, it's a, it's a complicated, it, it is very complicated there's so many people that I've had interactions with. Jordan, I mean, we, we do this over and over again. When we when there's a school shooting or when there's something, there's a crime that happens and it's in the news, you know, we always disagree in that he's like, that person can't be in their right mind. And I'm like, no, people still cr- like commit crimes in their right mind and aren't linked to any kind of mental health or mental illness. But then at the same time, you can't really understand how someone will have obsession or hatred or want 
extreme violence towards another person and they're well like you know what i mean like you can't it's hard to put the two of them together because yep. what does that mean anybody that means that anybody can can do like if not what you're not one bad day away from a crime but maybe like <laughs> you're maybe I, I, maybe i, I, I th there's a batman comic uh the killing joke you know nothing about it but the joker's point is everybody's one bad day away from being him and that that resonated with me when I read it because I was one bad email away from going, how can I kill myself? Um, mm. And I was very unwell at the time. But because I am where I am now with, with how I've helped myself, I am one bad year away and not mm. anything close like that. And that's why when we don't get people help, we have Christopher Harris situations. But you're sure. right. It's very complicated where... And I like to to go about it this way. There there's some real bad and some real evil and some real hate in people, mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, they're law abiding. Like everybody, yeah. for the most like ninety nine point nine percent of the population here agrees to abide by the law. It's that point one percent that wants to shoot up a church or run a truck into things because they act on their hate. Um, but you're right. It, it's very complicated. And thankfully, as, as much as we get at each other's throats, like 98% uh, of the people who say awful things on Facebook would never actually do anything violent. They're just keyboard warriors. Sure. Because people, people don't want to get thrown in jail. But you do. You also made a really good point the other day and that a lot of people commit crimes out of desperation also. Yep. But where is that desperation coming from? A lifelong, you know, life long challenges from poverty or um violence survivors of violence survivors of abuse you know that are that and those things go unattended those traumas go unattended and then you know and then crimes potentially happen excessive drug use happens um lack of motivation lack of awareness lack of disassociation and when i say disassociation i mean you literally disconnect from your life so it, you can have done something really awful and not feel a damn thing about it well, you know that's <laughs> that's psychopathy that's Ooh. that's socio when you have no remorse that's sociopathy i don't i don't mean like i don't mean like you kill someone i mean like you steal from someone or you know there's uh, an elderly smaller neighbor stuff yeah yeah no i so, don't i don't with if there's trauma involved and i don't want to go too much longer on this there's a couple other things to hit sure um when there's that kind of trauma, abuse, violence in the home, especially when the when a a person is young, like at mm -hmm. that point, the and if and if there's never any kind of counseling or therapy to help that nope. that person mm -hmm. get out of, which there likely isn't in a lot of these situations, you've, you've got a broken brain. Mm -hmm. um, that person is liable to again commit a crime of, of varying levels. But at that point, you have a broken brain, and again, broken brains don't think about you know going to jail or things like that. There, there is no remorse. And like I always say, you know, a healthy brain doesn't want to wake up and right. kill themselves. They, they don't want to cause chaos or kill others. But these broken brains happen at all stages of life. Many of them, um, as you pointed out, when, when they're very young. And sometimes it's systemic. Other yeah. times it's because of uh, family issues. Other times it's just because you made a shit ton of bad decisions on your own. And you just wind up there. I'm happy. I'm I'm encouraged to see what these conversations are going to do for our, our mental health care system in our community, um, is, especially in the next like 12 months or so. I, I am very encouraged to see what happens with that because we're having the conversation. It's not, you know, 
it, the direction of the conversation is a little like scattered, but it's at least it's it's happening. Like people yep. are talking about these things and identifying the needs. I just feel so awful that it's happening because a young man lost his life, a, a law enforcement officer lost his life, which is a unique position for me because we know where Thomas is at with the academy and how badly he wants this. But at the same time, you know what I mean? I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> we have to make sure that Officer Stalker's <laughs> life was not lost in vain and Christopher yeah. Harris's as well. And if the cost or the price of his life is that we're able to save others moving forward, we can never bring him back. And I don't mean to sound awful or inconsiderate or insensitive, but if we can use this situation to help others yeah. in the future, we can we can make sure his death is not completely in vain, both of their and, deaths. And I hope that our community can come together to comfort, and I'm speaking specifically about Officer Stalker, not that Christopher Harris's family doesn't deserve the same, but um, I hope that our community can come together in the same way that we did for Tony Dia and, um, you know, that his family is supported and they feel the support. I really hope that this conversation about Christopher Harris and mental health is not, you know, they're going to feel so many complex emotions over the last couple of weeks. And I hope that they have comfort, um, during this time. It's just awful. It's I awful. Such I don't a young read, man. I try, I don't read the comments, especially on, on our local news sites like that, like our local news sites who post on Facebook. No way. Mm -hmm. But I've been happy to see that people have not pushed back against the family speaking so vehemently that all the mental health issues that he was enduring. Um, so that yeah. was that was good to see. Um, let me cut a quick traffic report. OK, I got a couple things to throw out there. Sure. Okay. Two things to pass along. One accident, Sylvania Avenue at Belmar. Also, ramp restrictions, 280 northbound at the turnpike due to an overturned semi. That's 280 northbound at the turnpike with some ramp restrictions. Other than that, we're all clear. That's your Cumulus Toledo right now traffic. Do you have another one? Another one what? Oh, I didn't know if you had another thing to do. No, that was it. Just the, the two things there. Um... Uh, are, are, are we done? Did we tie all that up? Did we get everything we need to? I think we, we did. To? I okay. think we did. I think we put a button on it. We're going to continue to talk about it most likely, hopefully because the county is going to be coming together and doing more things that we can talk about black mental health challenges, hopefully some, some forums, hopefully some uh, more podcast discussions. The 419, 419 grind, I hope they're talking about this. I know that's Montrese and them, right? Oh, I'll talk to Jesse. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're absolutely be, right. I hope that they're having a conversation about this because I've seen them many times. Did uh, they, did, they do did, a good job? Did Zainab reach out to you? No, she didn't. Okay, because Jen, I, Jen finally got back to her, and then I, I gave her your number as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I didn't get a call yet. Um, some other things. Uh, it looks, it looks like there's a little cafe opening up. I guess in the it might be in yeah. the fall. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think I saw you share it. No, I saw um, PK share it. The, the same cafe. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, so it looks like they're, they're shooting for Uptown and maybe one downtown as well. And I didn't really care too much about it because we have lots of these places. But then I saw that SAME, S-A-M-E, stands for, I forget the acronym. Do you know off the top of your head? I can't nope. believe I forgot. I said it like four times today. I don't know it. I'm totally editing this because I feel like I'm an idiot. <laughs> You're so far from it. Let's oh, see. You know what? I sent it to uh to Nate today. Oh, you did? Is it? Yeah. And it's he, participation. Oh, I don't, the acronym is not on what I saw. Oh, so all may eat. Yes. Thank you. 
Yeah, I'm totally yeah. editing that. I'm actually not going to edit that. It's better when we're completely candid. Yeah, so all may eat, and they. I think they said in, in the story, like some, they would like 80% of their business to be people who are unhoused or in some type of poverty, um, and that's why I sent wow. it over to uh, old man Nate Welke, because yeah. he's doing backpacks for humans for months now, and they. this would seem to be a great marriage, but one thing at a time, but this is a, this would be a great thing for the community. It will. I I really love the concept and I'm glad that they're planning more than one location and I hope it can be, I would really love it if it could, if they could have it. And I'm not, not to say that they need to um, meet these standards, but it would be an awesome, it's an awesome idea. And I would love to see there be a mixed group of people utilizing this. Like I don't, you know, where you and I are going there for lunch one day, or, you know, somebody that's working downtown is going to go down to that cafe and have lunch do they take payment also? Like, you know what I mean? That's, is it, I know, I know the concept is, you know, pay what you can or work a little, do a meal, but it it would be lovely if this is also some sort of cafe style thing that even we could come down there and they, you know, charge us whatever and it's a donation. Yeah. Yeah, Like I I would love to see that happen. I, I actually, I would be rather upset if they would not allow us because, um, I thought you might go this direction. Um, I got in the habit of, not all the time, and depending when and who and time of day and dogs, I got to talking to a lot of homeless people downtown because everybody thinks the worst of them. They're, they're violent. Yeah. They're drug addicts. And maybe they are, but some of them just fell into bad times and they're decent people. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Nate can speak to that, but he ignores me, which is totally fine. I have Jade. <laughs> But you criticize Nate all the time. He's a he's a he's a fucking clown. And <laughs> See, that's why he doesn't want to talk to you. He wants damn to it. defend himself. He can come right here. He knows where to find me. <laughs> um, but it, it would be important. And I hate normalize blank. I, I hate that word now too. Just like I hate triggered and lots of other words. Uh, but normalize um, people like us sitting in the same place uh, and, and eating and maybe having conversations with homeless people. Oh, you went out for a minute. I only heard homeless uh, people. Normal, normalized people like us, the average person, having a meal, a table across from a homeless person. Oh, 100%. 100%. Obviously, you know that I'm deeply connected to the homeless population here. And that, I mean, they're, they are, a lot of them are fantastic people. They have challenges. But if you, um, I, I, and this is what I did with Nate's group when I went out there and talked to them ahead of their volunteer work in the beginning of the summer you know, these folks have had, they have challenges and you need to be aware of your surroundings and you need to be aware of who you're talking to, but at the same time, talk to them and get to know them. You would be amazed at how your, your idea of them or feelings of them would change just on getting to know them and, and, you know, lowering your guard and judgment, you know, withholding judgment. And they're really, really amazing people that have just had a really difficult time with life. Um, or just have challenges that make it hard for them to maintain their housing. And I had to educate Nate and his folks on the same thing. Some people just don't want to be housed. You know, if they, if some are just satisfied with what they have. And while we view it as a really huge challenge, it's all that they know. Right. And they don't really want to complicate things. And so, and they deserve to have a nice cafe to go and eat at. And we should be able to sit next to them and enjoy a meal as well. You're right. I, I might totally do something like that. If not for all my Transformers and the fact that it's Toledo, <laughs> I would do it in San Diego. We should have my cousin on. My cousin Daria is a sweetie pie. She's very unique. She is living in a, with her boyfriend and girlfriend. She's in a thruple. 
and they live that van life. I think they're in Northern California now or Southern California. They just renovated their van and did Do all they, this cool stuff. Here's one bad stereotype, but I have to ask, do they smell? Uh, no, she doesn't. No, she doesn't Perfect. smell. They are hippity dippities. Like mm. it, you could, I mean, absolutely. You would, you can consider them that. Um, but no, no, she doesn't smell. She's a gorgeous girl. I'll send you a photo. Um, okay. and she's young. She's very young. Um, but she's happy. That's all I care Good. about. Um, on Tuesday, and I specifically put it on Tuesday. I think I told you this, uh, Daniel Ortiz. Oh, I didn't know the day, but I knew he was coming. Yeah. Uh, He's the 29-year-old who is going to run for council. Um, mm-hmm. I invited him to be on, and I wanted to do it on a Tuesday so we could play good cop, bad cop, or dick, dick cop. <laughs> which, one am, which one am I? I'm bad cop. I don't know, but <laughs> I, I just throw that out there, and he is uh, taking, I think, the, the, the softer route that Tony Dia did not take. He's 29, uh, I believe. He works in healthcare. He's like, I was gonna eh. say he's a healthcare worker, I think. Yeah, and he just wants to. He's trying to take the normal guy route to city council. Um, Good for him. And somebody, uh, I have a very dear friend, and her okay. son came over to my house today to do some. Uh, he, he's a contractor, and I wanted to get his eyes on my cabinets in my bathroom. And he said to me, he's like, I hear you're having Daniel Ortiz, Dan Ortiz, on, on your podcast. I'm like, yeah. He's like, he's a great dude. So now I've got some background and I, maybe I'll ask, uh, I won't ask my nasty questions in such a demeaning voice. I'll be prepared for my questions because I was not for Jay from the blade. Oh, that's fine. (laughs) I'll make make sure that I'm prepared for that. No, somebody actually said that you did a great job on on that because you came from, you're not going to take this the wrong way. You you came from a place of ignorance because you didn't really know. Oh yeah, 100%. Because most people don't. Yeah, so. no, 100%. I didn't, I had no. Uh. So that's Tuesday. Oh, that's- um, until then, I think you can win Mega Millions, but somebody in a, like a, a mining town in Maryland has won the Powerball $731 million. So that's three, oh, qu- really? three quarters of a billion dollars. And I will, I'll throw this at you. So Maryland is a state, I think, like here, not that either of us or anybody listening is ever going to have to worry about this, but they can remain anonymous. I would, you know what? We were going to play the lottery. We never play the lottery. I don't even know how. I was like, do you know how to play? And he, Thomas said he does. And I thought about it. I was going to sleep and I was like, oh shit, what if we win? <laughs> I'm going to be anonymous. <laughs> so even if you were, if you win that money or even... I don't know what, what amount you'd have to win, but like, so this is a mining town, right? Like, Hey, uh, girl's not driving his tractor anymore. He's, he's got, he's got a, he's got a Ferrari and, uh, and, yeah. and his pickaxe is covered in gold. No, oh, you won't. No, Earl just got a raise. He did. He's not even working that hard. Are you sure he's not the guy that won the lottery? I don't know. Yeah, I don't see how like you can win X amount of money and have your habits not change so much where you no longer are anonymous. That's so funny. I I, I was tapping into like teenage Alex when I thought I was gonna marry like little Fizz from B2K. Like that ah! was where my like that was where that was how unrealistic my thought process was last night. And I'm like, oh my god, what if we win? Like, what am I gonna do? I'm definitely going to take the weekly payments. I'm not going to take the lump sum. I'm going to give my mom some money and I'm going to try to live as normal as possible. When we get cars, we'll pay them outright. We'll put a larger down payment on a house, but live in a normal house. Down payment? Why would you just not buy it? 
<laughs> well, I guess so. Like if you, so I was actually, I saw somebody in Ohio won 370,000. And so I was thinking about that. Like, what if we won like a couple hundred thousand? What would I do? And I, and, and I, but if we won the millions, we would pay it off, but I would not want some big ass house. I would, I don't want a regular size house either. Like I would like some, like a comfortable 2,500 square foot home with maybe a pool in a movie theater downstairs. And, and you could buy, <laughs> and you could buy 15 of them. Well, no, but I would still want to, like, I know for a, Thomas is nuts. He would still want to be a TPD officer. Like no matter what, I would still want to work in mental health. I would not be like, okay, I'm going to quit work and then volunteer. I would still work and do my job. And I'd say, maybe I'll just reserve it all for retirement. And once we retire, I live a fucking lavish life. 300, like, for 370,000? No, no. This would be if we won the millions. Oh, <laughs> no. Okay. I, I need this. So, <clears throat> You still need a purpose, and and you would do your purpose, but right. I don't know. I, I th this is my Jeff Bezos theory. I'm I'm applying that. You might feel a little differently if you had three quarters of a billion dollars. Like you, I you, guess so. Like you might only want to do your purpose like three days a week and around ten after you woke up. Probably. I mean, that actually helps me now, <laughs> to be honest. But yes, like I may just like scale it back or maybe work part time somewhere, but right. still make sure. So this perfect example, maybe I would work part time and I would join Good Grief's board as their there marketing you person, you know, but but yes, I, I like I would love to just live life as normal as possible, just like completely comfortable and then live life large as I retire. Like my aunt Joyce, when I tell you she's either in Paris, Singapore or <laughs> Where's the other places she goes to? I don't know. Napa Valley. Like she's either in one of those three places living her best life, her best retired life. You'll meet her. She's fantastic. I, I think the movie was called Brewster's Millions mm -hmm. with Richard Pryor. Mm. And it was an 80s movie. And I forget how it went. Somebody died and he had all this money. But he to get the bigger amount... He had to spend the money that he was given in like 24 hours, but he couldn't donate it and he couldn't give it away. Oh. Um, so let me tell you something. And I, I have no experience with this whatsoever. But I'm okay. going to guess, even if you lived three more lifetimes, you and Thomas together could not spend three quarters of a billion dollars. You do not know me that well because I can spend <laughs> some motherfucking money. And the only other person that can spend more money than me is Thomas. I mean, we have a challenging household of how we save our money. <laughs> it's the, like <laughs> the only way I could imagine you putting a dent in it is one of the first things you do is you go to Paris, mm -hmm. private plane. Maybe you have uh, maybe like you have an Avengers plane built. You pay someone to be Iron Man, so that, that's going to be a big chunk. You fly to Paris, you land in front of the Louvre, you walk into the Louvre, you write a check, and then take the Mona Lisa. <laughs> Other than, like, you, you, three quarters of a billion dollars. Like, the I don't, Mona Lisa's I, not that spectacular. I don't think you could, well, whatever else. I mean, go, you could, how about this? You walk into the White House and go, here's a check. I'm in charge now. I would probably, I mean, you're right. Like when, when we talked about houses, I would probably purchase property 
in some of the places I like to visit. So I would want some property in New York City and I would want some property on like an island somewhere, you know, where I visit often. Not property, the island. No, I don't want the island. I'm too simple. You're right. Like, I'm too simple for that. But I would totally do like Twilight where I would have somebody working there before I got there and the refrigerator is stocked and there's a cleaner in there, you know, a couple times a week and, you know, all of that good stuff. But I don't want to see you like, you know, you in and out when I'm not around. Because you're a peasant. I'm just kidding. Because they're peasants. Yeah. So, all right. So (laughs) by my by my back of the napkin calculation here with all that stuff, you still have about six hundred and eleven million dollars left. But then I would be bringing my friends. So like you and I would go to New York City for something just just to see a show, just to go see a movie, to see Marvel or something. And then um, my mom and I would go down to New Orleans or I, like that's uh, the other thing I spend my money on people. Well, <laughs> when I have it, <laughs> like, let's let's start there. So, I, I mean, I absolutely could Wesley Snipes it and like go you are, bankrupt. You are <laughs> like, not making a dent in it. <laughs> not even cl- like either. I don't know what it is. Like, I, I want to applaud you for not being a big spender or I want to smack you for not understanding the math here. <laughs> I probably both. <laughs> I absolutely have buyer's remorse. Like I, I was so broke for so long when I was in my early twenties because I moved out at twenty, and I lo- and I would overdraft my account all the time and all this irresponsible stuff. That if I am making any large purchases, I get freaked out. Like I don't, I don't love it. I, I still have trauma from being just poor. <laughs> like, not to say I'm not still. Like I could, we live, comf- we like do okay for ourselves. We actually do really well for ourselves considering where we came from. But um, <laughs> still, it makes me uncomfortable. I'm never going to be comfortable with it. I'm going to give you 24 hours to come up with something that is akin to walking into the Louvre and buying the Mona Lisa. Because right now, until now, I haven't heard it. <laughs> Unless the island. A boat. No, like, no. like you- A yacht. That I, you can have your own room. Uh, there's like four rooms in. $30 million. Like, you're not making a dent. <laughs> I don't know. I, I ain't got it. Like, oh, my the- gosh. God, I got it. I will build a compound for myself and all my family, and we can live together like the Jacksons. No? $15 million. <laughs> yeah. and, and if you do, and if you do, like, if I can convince you to buy, like, an island, not property on it, I would start with, like, Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Buy Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. Buy Hawaii. Like these little, like these little <laughs> piddly islands that rich people buy, and they're like eight miles long. Three quarters of a billion dollars. You're taking Hawaii. I know. Um, I'll ask Thomas that question because he's okay. good at spending money. Uh, next up, I, I am delighted with with my bath bombs. You are. Can you fit in the bathtub? I'm too tall. Yeah, I can fit in my. It's a regular size bathtub. Fucking bathtub. No, I can't fit in the bathtub. I, my knees always hang out. Uh, I mean, I have to kind of like scrunch up, but yeah, I can. I can make it work. But I got it. Somebody said that like it, it. It's good for your skin, and my skin mm-hmm. feels great after using Doesn't these bath it? bombs. Getting out of it. Yeah, I'm very impressed. Oh, good. And this is from Soap City. Buff City. Buff, Buff City. City. So, so you're not yeah. a bath bomb person. I'm not a bath. I will get bath bombs, but I'll put them in the shower and just mm. let them like, um, I like the Vicks vapor things you can put in the shower and right. eucalyptus and yep. all of that stuff. 
I put stuff in the bottom of the shower and let it um, build the aroma. Right. Um, what? And hopefully whatever house we buy has a big old tub that I can fit in because I do like baths. I just can't fit in them. The uh, the flavor that I got, the scent that I got, I, I made was uh, eucalyptus lemongrass. You would you'd really like it. I, I absolutely would like that. That's nice. Um, last thing, unless you have anything else. Um, I think we've talked about this before, or maybe we did it. I forget who, who I did this with, but um, I'm kind of excited about this. I'm actually really excited about the Willy Wonka prequel. It wasn't me, but are you? I didn't know there was a Willy Wonka prequel. Yeah, we... and there's rumor. Yeah, in 2023, and there's rumors that um, Timothy Chalamet and uh, and Tom Holland could be in it together, or, or one or the other. And I just have a lot of questions that I need answered. So... I don't think either of them are weird enough. Slugworth, right. yes, absolutely. Um, but and that's one of my questions. Slugworth, one hundred percent. But I don't think either of them. I mean, I would imagine uh, Rami Malek, who could be Willy good Wonka. one. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, how did so? I guess that they would explore the beginning of of Slugworth and Willie's relationship. Oh, so they need young people. Well, I don't know. I mean, you can, there's makeup and stuff. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe a little different actors. Um, how did, uh, how did Slugworth get that scar on his face? Yeah. So if Mr. Wonka is willing to let kids die or at the very least be tortured in his factory, <laughs> like Mr. Slugworth, how did you get that scar? And what happened to uh, you've seen Willy Wonka, right? The original. Yeah, of course. So his mom, so the dad is 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 not there. Um, yeah. Mama Bucket or whatever her name is. She was she's a widow. Yeah. What happened to Mister Bucket? Did Wonka have anything to do with that? Um, did he decide to leave because his uh, his old ass relatives wouldn't get the hell out of bed and help with chores? Like I have a lot of questions. Do they sleep sitting up? Do they like turn, toss and turn? What if somebody has gas? Like, do they all get Dutch ovened? What, or what? What? What ailment did Grandpa Joe have that <laughs> the, the thought of going to a chocolate a candy factory miraculously cured him? I just hope they don't pick those two um, actors to play Willy Wonka. The other, I mean, a, a runner-up could be the the Skarsgård who played it, like Pennywise. Okay. Good one. Make it a black Willy Wonka. Who do we want? Who do like? <laughs> Didn't no. We, did, did we do Hood Willy Wonka before, or did we, we do? I was not on that episode, but I I remember it. I I listened, and I remember how much I fucking laughed. I'm all that. up for the black exploitation Willy Wonka. <laughs> Um, and, and and I really want to know, like, how... So, I, I was doing some Wikipedia, and I never read the books, and obviously there's always more in the books than there is in the movies. So, the, the Oompa Loompas do, much as I suspected, they don't get paid. Um, apparently, in Loompa Land or whatever, they really liked coffee beans or cocoa beans. The motherfucker pays them in beans. So, I, I'm willing to believe that... that he abducted them from wherever they were um, for, for no wage work in his sweat factory. So for some reason, it reminds me of, like, I'm like, did they eat the beans? Is that why they were orange? Like, it reminds me of Game of Thrones and the House of the Undying, where the wizards, all they did was drink, like, Essence of Nightshade. So they had purple, like, teeth and mouths. Yep. <laughs> and, like, so what? Um, what's going on here? 
are they just happy to ha to be alive? Did he is this child labor? Like is this slave labor? Next child labor. So okay, like, <laughs> let, let's see let's see some ID here, uh, gentlemen. So here's another thing. Um, it's fairly obvious, and I I believe it was shot in Munich. But where that factory is, it's not America, right? Right. Willy Wonka. American is apple pie and baseball. That is true. Why, and Charlie, too, right? Yep. Why was his factory not in America? Was he trying to skirt some laws? Probably. Probably probably ain't paying anybody. Yep. These yeah. are all the questions I went answered in the prequel. So the one thing that I hate about Willy Wonka, I hate the scene where the room gets smaller. Like, I, I think oh, I still have nightmares of that. The beginning where they just entered the factory. <laughs> yeah, and they're going through all that door and... The mom's like, what are you getting at, Wonka? Yeah. <laughs> the, the cowboy's mom. Yes. She was such a bitch. <laughs> they, all, they were all assholes. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean they deserve to be tortured and die in his factory. I suppose. And if you got any lawyer worth their salt, they will that, that shit waiver that was written on the wall in like negative eight font, no way. <laughs> He'd be out of business in two seconds. So, I'll yeah, be interested give to me see the prequel. I'll be interested to see where this goes. I want to, I'm I'm curious, but they need to have some better choices for who they're going to get to play Willy Wonka. I you think Rami Malek is 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 a great option. I like Rami Malek. He can't fuck around with the Wonka character, no matter their age or if this is an origin story or whatever we want to do. You gotta you gotta be serious with that. And no offense to Tom Holland, I think he's fantastic. And uh, Timothy Shalit, I haven't seen too much with him in it actually. Um, he's I good. I, I know he's good. I just haven't seen any of his stuff. There's some epic. I'll have to find it because it's what sold me. Like my my friend Justin from the art museum loves him. Like he would, oh, put, yeah. he would push Lucas in front of an, uh, a racing Tarda bus if Timothy Chalamet would like just shake his hand. Chalamet, Chalet, um, <laughs> Chalamet. Yeah. There's some kind of epic movie like medieval Middle Ages stuff, and I was like, he was really good in this. Like I didn't think he, so. I was, I was excited, and that's what sold me. I'll have to find it, because I think it's a movie you would like. I really but, loved him in Saturday Night Live, though. He was very good. What were some of his skits? They they played... He did a skit where he was um, he was from New Jersey, and they were taking bets on sports games, but they were trying to sound like... Oh, they, Trump, ripped, the, they ripped the Jets, didn't they? Yeah, but I think, they, I think they were also making it sound... They were not... I mean, it, it wasn't linked to Trump supporters, but like the denial of the election and all of that stuff they were denying like the game right um or something of that nature it was really funny yeah it was funny i like and then he did something i want to say he did like a skit where he was like an, an mgk him and uh <laughs> fucking what's that what's the i always forget his name he dated kate beckinsale pete davidson, pete davidson. oh him God. and pete davidson played like these kind of mgk style characters and i thought it was really good he's handsome too he's a cute kid yeah he's he's good i like him i'll find that movie you have to watch old boy um <laughs> and look everything nothing needs to be said um because yesterday was was a historic day oh um maybe 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 most historically the greatest meme day in <laughs> civilization <laughs> Bernie History. Sanders never disappoints. Never. I love Grandpa Bernie so much. I like to listen to him talk. I, I mean, he never. I wouldn't have voted for him, but he 
I would have if he was the only choice. But um, what was he, your favorite one? Your favorite meme? Um, he was sitting behind the Kardashians at a basketball <laughs> game. Like they put him in. I love so. I also love Zoe Kravitz, and she had a ton in her story yesterday. But I think there was one more that I just saw that I thought was really funny too. I can't remember what. It, I think he was sitting. Where was he? He was sitting. Oh, 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 oh! It was related to the Browns. He was. Have you seen the Ben Roethlisberger memes where he's no. still where they're like, where it is Ben still sitting on the bench at the Steelers Stadium? And it's Ben <laughs> after they lost, and Bernie sitting next to him. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. But yesterday, I mean, yesterday felt so good. I feel like I'm actually incredibly at how hopeful I feel. Like I, I, and I was talking to Thomas, I said, I think I'm coming out of the fact that I was in an alternate reality for the last yeah. four, four years. I remember how I felt when Trump was inaugurated and I'm like, this can't be real, like real. Yeah, it was and like then there was still so much. It was like testing of the gag reflex. Yeah. Funny. And so I'm like, I, I almost feel like I'm free of that. And like, I can feel hopeful again, especially with just how wonderful the inauguration was, I enjoyed every minute of it. I cried a lot more than I thought I was going to. I, I'm not like an emotional person, but I, apparently I am. And then like literally I cried at the Foo Fighters performance, but it's also my favorite. Um, so anywho, I was just, I was just so happy all day. It was the longest four years maybe of my life. And, <sighs> and, and a lot of it happened in like the last six months. Yeah. Um, somebody, uh, my my crazy Jewish friend back home has already started, and oh, no. uh, he wanted he posted a picture and he wanted to know, um, and he I guess he thinks the Kamala, Kamala Harris is some kind of like Satanist. He wanted to, <laughs> and that's <laughs> why he shy. said she used like her purse, um, in between her hand and the Bible. There's no. some there's something there, even if it was just uh, photoshopped and like. Do you know how many people had their hands on that thing? Like, we're in a pandemic. Nobody's touching everything <laughs> that everybody else is touching. I mean, that's uh, people. People also were saying like Garth Brooks in, intentionally did not shake Kamala's hand. Like he reached over Kamala to shake Mike Pence's hand, but not Kamala's. And I'm just like, no. He had spoken to Kamala before he went up. Then when he got down, and then when he was leaving, he spotted Mike Pence and was like, "Oh, hey, Mike," and then left. Like, <laughs> no. Um, people are going to stretch it. That's fine. I, I hope that we can, like you said it months ago, like, I hope we can just get back to normal ass boring shit. Yeah. Like, like I don't even notice. <laughs> you. Uh, what was, uh, yes. I was reading an article about his press secretary. I think her name was Jen Pasica. I'm probably not. Sika. Sika. There's a P in front of the S. Yeah. Um, and I might not be pronouncing that correctly. But it happened yesterday. It was first press conference, and I watched she, it. Oh, okay. It, it was it was great. What did she say? Mm -hmm. I would love to take your questions. Um, and somebody had written an article like nothing of note happened. Like, and that's what we can get back to because uh, because of the varying press secretaries from mm -hmm. Sean Spicer to the blonde girl that was just there, and who was the dark haired girl in the middle? 
Oh, you were Kaylee McEnany was the she's the one um, blonde now. girl, and yeah. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. There you the go. Yeah, poor thing. Like, they she became, has such an unfortunate face. They be- <laughs> yes, yes, uh, resting Sarah Huckabee Sanders' face. Poor uh, thing. Like they became like afternoon TV. <laughs> Sean and, Spicer was my favorite. <laughs> like you shouldn't be that interested in the president's no. daily press conferences, and we're going to get no. back to that. No. It um, was a shit show from the very beginning. I was able to to rest the Bernie Sanders meme when I when I saw one where somebody replaced Grogu in the ship in the Razor Claw with Bernie. <laughs> was it was he next to Mando? Yeah. <laughs> See, I think that that's fantastic. I yesterday was just a good day, and it was not only was did the inauguration go off without any issue. I mean, besides the fact that they didn't have the ball, that kind of sucked, and there wasn't the crowds. To and be able nobody to... did anything awful. Nobody that right. Nobody did anything awful. I mean, it would have been hard to like how they had locked DC down, but still, um, it was fantastic. I enjoyed the Bernie memes. It was just a good day. It was a good yeah. day yesterday. It makes me feel good and like hopeful, and hopefully, you know, we can continue. The <laughs> sunny's out there barking. It sucked. <laughs> the day was awful. Bring back the loud man. Fuck them. Um, <laughs> what was uh? Oh, your uh, your student uh, debt, I think, has been paused again. So I I looked at that the other day, and I saw, and um, I was really happy to see that. So it said that I didn't owe anything, and I haven't paid anything since April. But I'm, I mean, I would love it would just change my life if um, they. I think there's a bunch of different options of what they will forgive and. One is like $10,000 all the way up to $50,000. If they could forgive $50,000 of my student loan, it would change my life. Sure. Like, a lot and of I don't, I don't know, like I was talking to Thomas about it because Thomas is more apprehensive about Joe Biden. And I'm just like, there are things that will literally change lives. Like he halted deportations for the next hundred days. And like DACA recipients feel safer. Like you just have to understand, like this is life changing depend compared to, well, I know that, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make any judgments, but compared to like somebody who supported Trump and, you know, the fact that he said, Ohio can't have any more abortions. That's not necessarily changing some Somebody who doesn't agree with abortions is not changing their life for the better. It's just they feel more comfortable with the state that they live in, if that well, makes any sense. I just like the swiftness of all this because all these things that that asshole in his alternate yeah. reality that he caused <laughs> and what he did over four years, Joe Biden was like, he just got a stamp and he was like, executive order, executive yeah, order. Yeah. Um, one last thing. Um, I can send this to you if you want, but do you know that it's a gif of Obama's got his feet on the desk and Michelle comes and takes his phone away? No. <laughs> okay, so that's pretty explained. That, that's pretty easy to, to envision. And uh, it somebody tweets, it's that gif, and it's, I got two terms and you got two impeachments. We're not the same. Uh, so, <laughs> please send that to me. I haven't seen it. But I did make an observation yesterday, and I'm going to be interested what memes come out of this and, like, how the conversation goes. Jill, Dr. Jill Biden runs that damn house. Like, she runs shit. She just does. Yesterday, like when he got out of the car and he was walking back to the White House, he kept running off to the side like Joe. Joe is so this and this I I feel so comfortable with him because like he you can tell he's genuine. He was running over to the side to like 
hug people and say hi to the people that he knew, like out of excitement. His old ass was just jogging back and forth and Jill was walking dead center the entire time. And then at the end, at night, it was probably like 10 p.m. They came out to the balcony and they waved bye to everyone. Joe kept seeing more people he knew. So he was like, hey, hey. And then you saw Jill just give him a little tap on his arm and was like, let's go, Joe. And then Joe, Joe, he turned around and walked back in the door. And I just like, she was just like, let's go, honey. Come on. And like tapped him on his arm. And like Joe Biden's about to run that house. Um, and I love it. I'm all for it. Yeah, me too. I mean, it was a, it was a great day and lots of happiness and lots of joy. And it, yeah. it's, it's over. We survived f- the tyranny of stupidity. Hope they, hopefully they forgive our loans. I saw a really good article. We could talk about it another day. And they're like, black women hold the highest student loan debt out of anyone. And I'm like, well, that would make sense because we're the highest educated group in the U.S. right now, or we were for the last couple of years. So it would make sense that we have more student loan debt than everybody else. But please, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please. It's life changing. All right. Um, we will. Uh, I just sent, I posted that thing on your wall. So enjoy that. Okay. Okay, I'll take a look at it. I'm going to go visit my raggedy nephews. I miss them. An old boy. Oh, yeah. Old boy. Mm. All right. Bye. Bye.